0: Happy New Year. If you're new to our community, we try to educate people on alternative investing strategies for the wealthy, more specifically people that are above a million dollars net worth. Things are very different the way we do things, but very simple and implementable by the average person. As I personally found myself investing in rental properties and then getting to an credit investor status and beyond, a lot of things that the wealthy do are Very common, and we break these things down into three big things. Investing in good alternative investments that are backed by real hard assets, such as real estate deals with value add. Secondly is the tax strategies, which you get the passive losses from larger syndication deals. And then the infinite banking strategies, which we're gonna roll out a new and improved infinite banking product. It's tinkering with some ideas. If some of you guys have had some issues with you need to set up a plan for five, six, seven years and stick to that plan, we're going to be doing a more quick start version of it. So a lot of you guys who have a large lump sum of money, which we found is a is a majority of investors, right? Because they get it from their lazy equity in their HELOC or they have a glut in their qualified retirement plan, self-directed IRAs, qual- Roth IRAs, et cetera. They have this big lump sum of cash. They want to front load into the Internet Banking. We're going to be starting to roll that out this year. Also, if you want to learn more about that, go to com slash bank, of course, and then sign up for the e-course, which takes most people two to three hours to go through that. The other thing I want to talk about is the if you guys have heard like the monthly updates have gone away, we're not going to be doing those anymore. Instead, I'm going to be breaking down in much shorter weekly episodes of news that I'm stumbling upon and some commentary there. As we, I'm always looking to change things, just like how we always change up the format of the events, and then the family, how the family office group gets together and collaborates. I'm big on being progressive and taking impact, taking the the advice from you guys out there, getting feedback. If you guys have any feedback on the show. More than waiting to listen, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash question to put it in there. If you have any questions or any feedback there or just email team at simplepassivecashflow.com. And on today's show, a lot of this is surrounding like where do you go after retirement? And I, what I'm starting to realize is you need to find that thing that you want to do for the rest of your life if you have to do it, right? And I'll say it again. Think of what you would do if you had to do it for the rest of your life. I think traditionally there's this mindset of you working till you're 65, which is really 75 today because nobody can afford it. And then you shut off the engines and you just live off their remains. People are living longer. And I think it, what's more important is to kind of, as Chris Miles says, live your divine genius. Or as I say, live your ikigai or find some more enjoyment in today than to play this, this uh, self gratification or delay gratification game, which I'll think a lot of us that listen, at least I can speak for myself. I've always been growing up on this idea of the marshmallow rule where, or the marshmallow theory where, you know, you, if you don't take your money yet, have it grow. It'll be much more later. But until then, you're starving and you're living in hustle mentality, hustle zone, and you're living out of scarcity, not abundance. So it's a way to eat your cake and have your cake and eat it too. And being able to have that passive lifestyle today while spending it, enjoying it, but also know you'll be good for the future. A lot of that has to do with investing in the right deals, getting off the Wall Street path, taxes, legal, infinite banking, but I, what I've realized, cause a lot of people in our mastermind group are coming to events, multi-million dollar net worth. If you have only $2 million of net worth and you put it on the pet fund, that's quarter million dollars right there. 25, 20 grand of passive income every single month. And it just keeps growing and growing it's more than inflation at that point. What's the problem? It's this mindset, of not thinking that you don't have enough, but to, it's different. When you combo that with, yeah, we did the spreadsheet. We know what's kind of going to happen with your network and your passive income. But a lot of this is surrounding like what's going on with your headspace and getting to this space of abundance. And that's what we're talking about today's podcast. If you guys have any other topics that you guys like me cover, let me know team at simplepassivecashflow.com, but enjoy the show. Bye. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went, tried to rent them out, and then he became one real investor man. Hey, simple passive cash flow listeners. And today we are going to be talking to a retirement expert and talk a lot about the things after over the hump. In case you haven't noticed, I am. People always ask, like, how old are you? Are I'm probably by the time you're listening to this, I'm 37, but whenever we do breakout rooms and I split people out or breakout rooms in our family office group or the virtual events that we do on occasion, I will usually do a session where we split people off of the age, even though I personally feel like whatever age it is, it don't matter. I was talking to someone the other day and it said they're a few years from retirement, but they're broke. I'm like, dude, you can't retire yet. You're broke. Um, so I always go into the groups that are in the 50s, 60s groups. They they always get a little annoyed when they jump in on their conversations, but I'm always, the way I see it, I'm at that age financially where I'm over the hump and game in a way, but I'm always just peering at what's next. What I like about it is people don't give me advice like they're my grandpa or dad or something like that. And that's where I can really actually just be a fly on one, listen to those types of conversations. And this is, I think, what today's podcast. Is going to be, we have a guest, Dorian Minster, who also is a TEDx speaker. You can check her uh, content out at revolutionizedretirement.com, but she coaches and advises folks who are in that second half of life. So uh, welcome, Dorian. Thanks for coming on. Thanks
1: for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the your average client. They come in. What is some of the motivations or just prime us? The folks coming in.
1: I would say there there are a number of different ages and types of people that come in. Some are coming in when they're younger in their forties, fifties, um, and really want to think about what's next with the notion that it's money, but it's more than money in terms of how you want to live the next half of your life. And others come in. In their 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond, sometimes having retired or retired from full-time work, and wanting to figure out like something is missing, and they're not quite sure what it is, Um, and some just want a little a little reality check to make sure they're they're getting the most out of life that they can get. So I would say I see the kind of a whole gamut of.
0: And I say this is typically after I don't know what you. How long you would say like about a year or a few years of some kind of you get out of a job you get out of that kind of hustle and bustle you have financial abundance and it's a bit of a transition you're you know drinking pina coladas going on trips when you can go on trips and enjoying the good life but there, you know, there is that emptiness that you said right
1: yeah i often or not often a lot of times i'll see people that they really have so enjoyed the honeymoon stage Or some people actually don't want to work full time, but they really do want to keep working in some way and use their skills in some way and maybe don't need to financially and might volunteer or might still like to earn a little extra money. And other people, just as you said, it's, you know, after the honeymoon there really can be that feeling of what else is there? Something's missing. And, and I think COVID's made it a little bit difficult too in terms of travel. Although I think it will be picking up again, hopefully. But that's been a hope and dream for many people. And it's had to, for some, be put on the back burner because of just the safety issues.
0: Yeah. And I have still do those free intro onboarding calls for people who join the the online group at com slash club. And something that comes up every other call, people are like, I want to get the financial independence, but I still want to work. And I always call them out on it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you say when your net worth is under $5 million <laughs> and you don't have enough money to retire. My mission at SimplePassiveCashflow.com is to help hardworking individuals like you do what I did, which was leave a professional career behind by building an investment portfolio, where the passive income exceeded my daily expenses. It frustrates me that there's so many people out there mindlessly investing in Roth, IRA, 401k, mutual funds, or worse, going through a useless financial planner, who is just selling retail and financial products. Here's the problem, there are multiple middlemen taking a cut of your returns, all the while you take all the rest. In our community, we spend a little bit of effort to educate ourselves and build organic relationships with other past investors to source the best off-market opportunities. All while enjoying higher returns and better security because the asset that you purchased is a real hard asset, not some kind of fake stuff like a crypto or altcoin. The trifecta is simple. Number one, syndications to get. Number two, passive losses to unlock other tax best practices. And thirdly, infinite banking. Join our network for more insider access and educational material at simplepassacashflow.com slash club and also sign up for a free strategy call once you're in there. Enter our ecosystem. So if you did come out to Hawaii on our annual investor retreat, you'd be able to develop those relationships with the right people. To check out future events, go to simplepassacashflow.com slash events and we'll see you in person. But maybe you can speak a little bit to that, right? Like Some people, they still want to feel like they contribute to society in their way. Possibly, you know, ikigai is a concept.
1: Sure. Absolutely. There's no one retiree. And I think there's a number of different kinds of motivations that people have. Some people actually love what they're doing and want to keep doing it, but maybe not working as hard as they've been working. You know, they may want to if they're in an industry that they can consult in or work part-time or think about their skills and being able to give back in some ways. Uh, For many people, it's the satisfaction, it's the connection, the engagement, the purpose and meaning, the sense of community. And after a certain point, after a certain amount of money, it may not at all be about the money, but that there's something about that sense of accomplishment and meaningful relationships that sometimes motivate people to want to keep working. So it's not such an unusual kind of thing. I think what I find is that people, when they get to be 40 and older, that our notions of success has sometimes changed a little or it's beginning to shift. And I'm not sure we're ever free from the accolades of people outside, but I think sometimes it begins to shift and it's more from inside. So if you feel like you've really got some good skills and there's still some fire in your belly, there may be ways you do want to give back. And it's not such a crazy idea at all to think about doing encore work or Working in a different way or even volunteering and be more involved in both volunteering but also philanthropy.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the, like the differences of not necessarily earlier 40 years old or post, but what are some of like the differences of in mindset that is it before 40 or just generalizing? Of course, folks out there is are you concerned about how much dollars you have in the bank or how people perceive you in terms of job title? Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: I think if if we think about it, there are these different phases of life and people um, think about them in different ways, but there's that phase when we really are programmed to be productive, where we do need to earn money to either support ourselves, support a family. There's a lot of motivation on why we want to succeed. And often during those years, 30s, 40s, 50s, we it, it, even if you run your own business and own company, we still tend to be subject to how people think about it and how we come across to the world. And I do think it does begin to shift as we get older. As I said, I don't think it's ever totally gone. But I think that as we get older, there really is more of a sense of, I know I did a good job. And I feel it, even if maybe I'm not the kind of accolades that I would wish that I could get. And, and I do think that begins to shift. I wanted you, you mentioned the word "transition," and I wanted to, if it's OK with you, pick up on that, because I think transition is such an important word and idea for your listeners to think about. If you think about it, life is just a series of transitions, from going to school, maybe getting married, maybe having a family, getting divorced, or maybe not being married, but in a relationship, retire, future plans. If you think about it, all transitions have an end, an unknown and a new beginning. And retirement is a transition. It's not a destination anymore in the way it used to be. For some, it may still feel that way. But the traditional retirement age of 62 or 65 just doesn't cut it as much anymore because we're living so much longer. And many people get to be 62, 65, and they say, hmm, if I'm going to live another 20, 30, 40 years, you know, I want to think about how do I want to live that And be as vital and full and connected and have purpose and meaning and connection as possible. And I think that's what begins to motivate people at whatever age. I mean, I like the idea that it's not age per se, but it's where you are developmentally, what's important to you, um, and what your goals and dreams and values are.
0: You know, definitely like where we've come definitely a lot of the gen i don't mean what you call these people anymore gen z's okay. or younger than gen z's they're into like instagram how many but they probably don't care about instagram at this point that's for older people now millennials but <laughs> <laughs> they care about like likes or the validation from others, and then I see it from a lot of the younger people just out of college now. They're very into what colleges they got into, where they work, what the prestige of their company, and then and I guess what we're alluding to is it wears off after some point. What do you think is the reason why you start to get over that type of stuff? Or is it? Well,
1: I think there are a lot of reasons, but I think that there often ends up being a bit of a shift from just doing to wanting to reflect more and and focus a little more on our inner life, our inner soul. And I do see this happening more and more. And there's actually a current book that's come out called, you know, From role to Shifting, From role to Soul. And I don't think it's like, it doesn't mean not working in order to get in touch with what's going on inside, because I think it can happen simultaneously. Like I still work, but I'm aware that I'm, you know, I spend time reflecting, thinking about what's important to me. And I would imagine that a lot of your listeners, at whatever age they are, and you can be pretty young starting to do that, reflecting on what am I proud of? How do I want to be remembered? What impact, you know, do I have in the world? I think we all want to be remembered in big and small ways. And I think it's an opportunity to think about how do I want to live these maybe bonus years of 20, 30, 40 more years past that traditional retirement age? It doesn't have to be all downhill. But I think when we're younger, to your point, we need to earn a certain amount of money. But then after a certain amount, it becomes almost a moot point that added money doesn't necessarily bring happiness, but how you're living your life, how you're connecting with people, how you're honoring your values, that often is, is part of what then ends up becoming important internally to you. And that can happen at any age, but I think as we get older, and there's less time ahead, just year-wise, than we know when we're in our 20s or 30s or 40s, I think the shift begins to happen where there is this sense of, is this all there is? Who am I? Who I want to be? There's still a life ahead to really think about what impact you might want to have, what you might still want to accomplish or say or do.
0: I want to ask you, how do you break this down with people when you consult with them in a little bit? But I just wanted to reiterate something you just said there. We're all looking for kind of impact in some way or form. And typically impact means helping other people's and in your own special way. My pragmatic approach is you need money to do that. You can't just money amplifies messages and signals and your impact. You got to make some money first. You got to put your own oxygen mask on first. Therefore, you have to invest and do these things to get yourself the financial independence first. But that out of the way, like once they people come to that point financially and are are able to not have to worry about putting food on the table, where where do you take them from there? What's the typical path with a client?
1: I I actually like the framework of helping people think about life as a puzzle. Uh, it's actually part of a title of a book I co-author called It's called The Couple's Retirement Puzzle. And the reason why I like puzzle is Our life has a lot of different uh, shapes and segments to it a puzzle. It's not going to fit together perfectly like a jigsaw puzzle, but different things impact others. And you're absolutely right. Finances is a big piece of it, but it's one piece of it. But it affects so many other things. It can affect our health and wellness. It can affect where we live. It it can affect, affect our leisure time. It can affect our expectations of other people, our sense of community. So you're absolutely right. Finance is a really big piece. I think finances and health and wellness are the two biggest pieces that impact choices that we have in terms of our lifestyle. But there are other things that are important, too, which is what's important to me. What impact do I want to have? Do I and and do I want to have an impact? You know, there are some people who don't necessarily. I'm not saying there's a right way for everybody. But in my experience, many people do, you know, that there really is this sense we want to be remembered in bigger, small ways. It may even be just how we interact with our children or grandchildren, if we have them, or nieces or nephews. Um, But a sense that will be remembered in some way. And sometimes it's through work. Sometimes it's through charity, giving, sometimes volunteer work. But I do think that it matters to most people. And I think it can begin at any age. But I think as we get older, when we're, there's a, a different, a shift in urgency, I think, when you just realize maybe there are less years ahead, that, you know, we begin to think more about that and think about what, you know, what am I pr- proud of? I like to help people think of what are, three to five things that you're most proud of that you've accomplished at whatever age you are, what makes you proud of it? What were you doing? That may help you have an idea of things you want to do, you know, going forward. What are your expectations of yourself? What are your expectations of other people? Whether you're in a relationship or not, we generally have friends, maybe siblings, family members, uh, somebody that's important in your life that we you know, want to connect with and talk with, and you know, that can be really nice and sometimes deep and sometimes not so deep conversations with people because that sense of connection, I think, really is important for people. Too much isolation is not good. We've seen that with the pandemic, but the connection is important.
0: Something that else came to mind that I'll kind of do from time to time is when I do my journaling what's an for? is what if you were going to die in three months or 18 months, something just long enough where you had some time to plan and execute something of value, what would you do? Because I think too often we go through life as there's, there's infinite time. But when you get focused and narrow in on a narrow time frame, you get very focused and the noise goes away, all the extra things that don't matter, go away. There's just another idea for folks like up there to to do that. Yeah. That's a
1: terrific, I just really want to support that. That is such a good question to ask oneself. If you were told by a doctor that you had five years to live, how would you want to live it? What would you want to do? What would you want to say? And then another question that I like is, what if you went to the doctor and you learned you only had 24 or 48 hours to live, what would you regret not having said or done? Because I yeah. think that also can, you know, you don't want to wait until then. So that come back to whatever age you are now and think about what's important to you. What do you want to make sure that you've said or done or experienced so you don't reach the end with a lot of regrets?
0: Yeah, that's a lot better than, you know, Brad Pitt showing up as Tyler Durgan, putting a gun to your head. telling like I got to do something with your life can be related to that. Yeah. Hey, whatever works for you guys out here, you got to pay for what you guys get. Paying pays. But I think this is where you got to get around other people on the same trajectory because most people don't really think a lot like this. Most people are still trying to get to level one retirement, which is just having the bare necessities enough money. Um, But you know, I think this is why we preach a lot of times to build your network with the right people because these are the... The richer conversation. It doesn't matter how much you are going to invest and make. It doesn't matter how much you are going to make an infinite bank. It doesn't matter how much you are going to do the right taxes or legal best practices. But these are the like the richer conversations that come from the right people, which you cultivated over the years, or you can you know find a consultant, right? I think that's the way to do things. Pay to play for a lot of those types of stuff.
1: To recognize that money is a really big part of it a big part of the puzzle but it really isn't everything so that it is important to think about what other things are important to you and you're absolutely right though that if you've got the financial you know wherewithal you're ahead of the game a lot of people don't have that and so that really is important but as i've seen a lot in my work you know money in and of itself doesn't bring happiness if you don't have a network of social support or people that, you know, that are important to you. I think that too much, as I said, isolation can lead to, there's can be some dark sides and some rabbit holes you get into with retirement too. But there's no question that reaching a point at whatever age that you're financially set, then that's great. And that's important to think about now, just as you were saying at the beginning, how do I really want to live the rest of my life? What's important to
0: me?
1: What have I always wanted to do and never had time for?
0: (laughs) We we talked a little bit about this is the carrot end of the carrot and the stick, which is what do you want to accomplish like you just mentioned? But I also wanted to highlight the regrets. So what were some of the regrets from your clients that you've gleaned over the years as the most common ones probably might resonate with the average Joe driving around their car to their 500th time this year, whatever, and 5,000 more in the future.
1: You know, I've heard a lot because I've been working 50 plus years now. And some of the regrets that I hear is, I worked so much. I missed so much of the time of watching my kid grow up. And so oftentimes I'll see people who are older now really devoting a lot more time and energy to both their adult children, but also grandchildren, um, because that's often been a regret. More for men, but I think I hear it more and more from women now, too, now that women are more in the workforce of just regretting working so much and losing some focus on other things that are important in life. There's another you know expression that people say that generally when people are on their deathbed, they don't generally say, I wish I had worked more. You know, that sometimes the regrets really are experiences not had or things not said. I think that the not said is a big part of what I hear. Where I can remember being at a number of different conferences and somebody will come up to me and say, that idea of 24 and 48 hours to live and what have I not said was more important than what I've, have I not done. And a few people said I realized I don't have a good relationship like with my son, and I really want to work on that now while we're both alive and well. For some, it, it can also be some experience. And I, I think COVID has made that a little more difficult. I'm, I'm hearing from more and more people who are older saying, really feeling angry that COVID maybe is robbing them of the last few years, of a healthy time in their life where they still could travel and hoping that they'll still be able to and there are life circumstances like that kind of national collective lifequakes Bruce Feiler uses that term life lifequakes and I really like it um that i think the covid has been a lifequake for many people and it's disrupted a lot of opportunities and for people some people who are older there may not be the opportunities to still do things so, you really want to take stock of what is important to you. What are things you want to learn or do or say? But I, I think many people, it's the what they've said, wanting to repair relationships, often wanting to be more in touch with a gratitude for good things rather than constantly complaining about what didn't happen. And forgiving oneself, forgiving other people, all of these things I think are important. And I hear all of these things from people of not wanting you know to miss the opportunity of letting people know how much they love them or how much they meant to them so i think whatever age somebody is learning from that because those are the kind of regrets that i hear a lot from people missed opportunities and sometimes it's too late if people have already died so when when i like the notion that people die, but relationships live on inside. But the more that you can work things out with people when they're alive, it's great. But it's not too late even after people have died. You, you mentioned doing some journaling. I think journaling is great. And sometimes even writing the letter to somebody who was important to you, it could be a parent, a teacher who isn't here anymore, to, to really thank them and talk about how they impacted what in what ways did they instill or maybe certain values or a certain way of working you know, taking that time and, and thinking about it and sharing it with people if they're still around or writing letters if they're not
0: any differences between the older than 60 crowd and younger than 50 crowd take similarities maybe or
1: yeah interesting question there are some similarities but i think it hits with more urgency when somebody but if You know, I think part of it has to do with what the different life experiences have been that we've had. There can be younger people that have just by life circumstances had a lot of trauma in their life or lost a lot of loved people and have been faced issues about life and death at earlier ages. And I think oftentimes when that's the case, they may feel the urgency in the same way that somebody older has it. But I do think there's just something, I remember when I was 17, 18, 19, there's a tendency to feel invulnerable that we have forever. But when you get to be 60, 70, 80, you don't have forever and feel a gratefulness that you're so alive. And, you know, even with chronic illnesses, terminal illness, illnesses, a positive mindset can can really help you. So it's it's not just age, but I think there is an urgency that's a little bit more intense the older somebody gets of just knowing that realistically they'll probably be less years ahead, although something can happen at any point, but I think when kids i think what what I see as a shift is that notion of kind of empty nest if if you happen to have children and a lot of your energy has been raising them, then many times when the kids are launched or beginning to be launched, that sometimes can be an age when people begin to. You know, start thinking, okay, what about me now? You know, what did I have to put on the back burner that I never had time for? Or what do I still want to do? Or is it, the, will there still be time? And I think that soul searching often, if it hasn't started already, may start then.
0: We will have to ask my wife that. She always says, I always think about myself first. So don't worry about that. <laughs> But some people
1: do. Some people are good about thinking about themselves, and then the question is: Are they able to think about other people too? And many people feel, particularly, I think, in the last couple of decades, so much energy is on child focus, and some people feel like they they lose themselves. But not everybody has children. When how we age, what's important to us, what kind of community we develop. There's no right way.
0: Any parting thoughts before um, we wrap up here? Wanna, how can people get a hold of you the best?
1: My website is revolutionizedretirement.com and people can reach me through that or my email is dorian at dorianmincer.com. And I, I do have this fourth, on the fourth Tuesday of each month, except December at, at noon Eastern time, I have a free webinar open to professionals and the public. Uh, people can learn about it there and you have to sign up each time week before. And even if you can't be there live, you get a recording link after the call. But I would, I would, you know, hope that your listeners will just think about, oh, you've got this really one, really precious, important life and to really think about how do you want to live it? What do you want to do? And if you're in a position, as it sounds like so many of your clients are, that you're financially in great shape. It's wonderful. So now you can really focus on some of these other parts of yourself and think about how do you want to develop maybe other parts or how do you want to be remembered? And what did you not have time for that you still would like to learn and do?
0: All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Dorian. And folks, if you guys haven't gotten on the bandwagon and gotten out of the retail marketable security stuff out there that supposedly is only going to work to have you work for 40, 15 more years, go to simpleclassiccashflow.com slash start. Check out all the free educational material we have on there. If not, you can go work at Walmart, to Walmart, do it like everybody else does, and finds a job that they trick themselves into liking because they have to work. Money's not everything, but it sure makes a life a lot easier. Uh, thanks for joining us. See you guys next time. Bye.